0: Hello and welcome to Coffee Lovers Radio. This is Joseph Robertson with Coffee Lovers Magazine. I am your host, along with Jesse Nelson of Conduit Coffee. This is the third part in our originally short series on complexity in coffee. Regular listeners will have observed that uh, publishing frequency of episodes has been diminished lately. That's something we'll mention briefly in an upcoming episode, but in short, at the moment we are recording, editing, and publishing as we are able this episode concludes our three-part series on Coffee Complexity, and it was recorded back in December, so you'll hear some references that are not current. We also bring back a little bit of our classic rambling banter at the beginning of the show.
1: Hello,
2: and welcome to Coffee Lovers Radio joseph sitting here with jesse and we have sean sean coffeesmith leave
1: No,
3: has joined us on the show today
1: thank you it's good to be back yeah sean. i would been i haven't sat down with you guys in quite a while where the hell have you been uh busy 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 and because of christmas the north pole oh, oh. helping santa claus
2: yes helping santa.
1: who's come to visit us uh, Can an elf wear that hat, too? No. Yeah, no. Oh. oh, yeah, Macy's
3: more no. of an she an Only girl misses elves. Claus on certain evenings. <laughs> 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 oh, wow. we am going to leave that in there.
1: We Stocking also, cap. Everybody <laughs> just misspells it. We also have our... We also have our buddy and our friend, Macy, who's visiting us from out of town. Welcome back to Seattle. Yeah, fine, focus coffee. It's good to be back.
3: Yep. I feel like we need a whole... We talked about having you on the show a long time ago. Right. With your exceptional
2: coffee tasting
3: skills. Oh, well,
1: thank you.
3: Yeah. So Macy's, you uh, Macy's young. She's the youngest person that hangs out in our coffee circles.
1: Um, oh, how old are you? But she kicks you? ass. Fifteen. Yeah, fifteen years old. Fifteen years old. And she has won several competitions in the coffee community from... The cup Press competitions. Cup tasters. Cup tasters. What other competitions have? You Everything been
3: in? except latte art. Yeah, mostly because she's not old enough to actually work the espresso machine, oh, so right, we can't right. allow her to use
1: it. <laughs> uh, and you can't drive either, huh? Yeah, no, I'm just oh, I just can't. I no. can, but I. I oh, but, oh no! Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only in Utah. <laughs> I can I can make a latte. I'm just not allowed
2: to. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Chuck Norris, right? <laughs> so uh, last show we. Uh, <laughs> With Chuck Norris of coffee. She's young.
3: The female Chuck Norris of coffee? Yeah, mm-hmm. well, let's, let's not be sexy. She has a demi comes out of her beard.
2: What? <laughs> Macy has a beard now. Okay. All right.
3: <laughs> Macy has a beard. It's, just That's for you, Tia. Pictures or from Sean's you or beard. something.
1: Yeah, we should all just. We, should,
3: we all need Sean's beard. Yeah,
1: we'll just, crop <laughs> we'll just crop a photo of my beard over everybody's face. There we go. Right. Christmas card like the Christmas
3: Atlas Christmas card. Christmas card? Yeah, it is still Perfect. recording. <laughs> yeah, is this uh, almost like two episodes here?
1: Yep. <laughs> Talking about Sean's
3: beard and Sean's beard. and Somehow. Mesa's beard. Sean's
1: beard is by far a miniseries unto itself. So. so we won a the, hipster
3: the macchiato competition.
1: You won a hipster No, we won? want we want one. Oh, you want one? And
3: it's going to be called the denim toss.
1: That is genius. <laughs> oh.
3: That almost sounds like you're just going to be throwing jeans around. You know? <laughs> hipsters. <laughs>
1: yeah.
3: Throwing hipsters around. You know? Yeah, and they're skinny. <laughs> yeah.
2: Actually, have to do anything to do with espresso. You're just going to throw hipsters from your balcony.
1: Well, you have to because that actually well, makes the the Well, there's only one problem with that is okay. that you can't have a competition with hipsters. Mm-mm. You just can't. They won't they won't allow Well
3: maybe it'll be a clothing drive and we can go chase them down and steal their skinny jeans and give them to the skinny children well,
2: it'll it'll be like spoken word night. Hipster where 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 random hipsters can just come up and make their coffee for the crowd. <laughs> right.
3: It's like an open it's an open okay. Chemex. Open.
1: <laughs> it's,
3: open. <laughs> it's an open bar night. Just step on up and brew what you want to brew. That'd be hilarious. I'd be <laughs> done with that. That's a great idea. <laughs> there you go. Uh, coffee Lovers Radio and Million Dollar Ideas. That's
2: right. right. Don't anyone take that. TM. TM. <laughs> I mean,
1: Does not work? I yell TM. It counts. I declare bankruptcy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh,
1: but uh, let's see. Good what episode. Is,
2: it is. What are we yeah. drinking and why?
3: We are drinking the Nikisei, the Ethiopia Nikise N2 from uh, the producers are 90 plus coffee mm-hmm. and uh, we roasted it. Conduit roasted it. And it's delicious. It's very light roast. It's very very delicate but it has so many layers of I
2: think this is a fantastic example of coffee complexity. Before we had talked about I think we had talked about the Costa Rica and both previous ones. Probably. We talk a lot about that yeah, coffee. We did. Um, <laughs> and now we're on the Nikise. Yep. Nikise is amazing.
3: Yeah. It is. I mean what's fascinating about this coffee is it's they're high end producers that are working on just taking the most beautiful beans they can find and adding levels of sorting and processing through the you know where they dry the cherries and and remove the cherries um really getting down to the science of how all that works and how it tastes and and they've um, done a lot of experimentation with the whole processing methods that they use yep so it's really interesting it's uh it's not cheap but it's it's worth it i mean it's a really great brand to be involved with um yeah zach and steve holt those guys are all so great <coughs> Steve Holt. Steve
1: Holt. This, this is one of those coffees that when people have doubts about coffee quality and how in-depth and diverse this industry can be, this is that type of coffee. You have it standing next to another coffee that people may have come, grown accustomed to, and it will alter their perception of the coffee. First yeah. Sip.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's one of those coffees that defines the difference between a morning routine and some culinary adventure. I mean, right. you have to put a lot of effort into this. And it's taken me several tries, I mean, a, a lot of tries, I should say, of coming up with a Chemex recipe. My favorite way to brew manual brew coffee. Coming up with a Chemex recipe that works, it showcases the delicate mm. nature without under extracting it or over extracting it. You know, um, there's so much to be lost with messing up a little bit of that brew. You know, so that's that complexity. It's 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 an exceptional coffee. So the density is there with the layers of flavor, but then it also um, it's such a light roast that it's finicky. There's a lot more fines that come off the grinder um, just because the beans are so much harder. They're not as soluble, so the water doesn't soak into them in the same rate that they would for anything that's darker roasted. Um, so that adds a lot of dynamics to how you know how the coffee is brewed and how you you can kind of cope with those variables and the complexity there. Indeed. And you said you've done this with the AeroPress as well. I find that the AeroPress is a little easier to brew with really light coffees because you can just stop the brewing. Um, right. So you, you can keep your grind the same and just know that 2 minutes versus... 2 minutes and 30 seconds is, is better, mm-hmm. you know, and then you can, then you can plunge it and, and arrest the brewing right then. Chemex, V60 and stuff, you're really, you know, you rely on gravity, so...
2: How does your experience with the tasting of this coffee on the AeroPress versus how you made it on the Chemex, how does that compare...
3: Um, I kind of prefer the AeroPress a little bit. It seems to be a little bit sweeter. Um, it cools a little bit. The, the Chemex has a little bit of dryness, kind of the white grape dryness in there mm-hmm. that the AeroPress didn't quite as much. Um, but you make a lot more with the Chemex, which is why I chose that for three of us to have cups today. But, um, yeah. Took a lot of practice, though.
1: Cool. Yeah, uh, I, I had to add that... I feel that this is probably some of the finest roasting Jesse has ever done that I've tasted. Hands down. Like I've been making pour over. You hooked me up with some a little while ago, and so I was making some at my other job, and also at home I was doing pour-overs. And just a really nice window range of flavors from yeah. uh, I was doing everything from 16 to 16.1 to 17.1 up to 21 water ratio to coffee with a pour over and that's a big range it, it's huge but it's phenomenal what flavors were coming out right. from the more lighter ranges for more water I was getting really light fragrant notes of strawberries and just soft hints of like sweet bread yeah and honey and honey mm, like and a, then on the you know as the with the deeper concentrations that bread would come out almost coming out like kind of a uh, sweet syrup and waffles yeah and it was just an i get baklava on on uh,
3: waffles as well so I was thinking that before you started saying this but on this cup I've been thinking baklava mm-hmm. like, it, like layers of puff pastry with kind of honey on them mm-hmm. and it, it, you think about this coffee and you think about okay well it's light roast Right. And then you get the you know first layer of kind of that, that sweet lemon and that breadiness floats in there and there's these really delicate pieces of so you there. say
1: baklava, I want to continue this mm. podcast at Mr. euros <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is, this is um, a
3: podcast going around to the favorite restaurants that right, you're us you're of talk
1: about coffee at our favorite
3: drink coffee. one cup and go to 10 restaurants and
1: <laughs> when
2: we just to refresh we when we started this this whole series, um, which will probably become even more. I mean, we're doing kind of a three-part here right now, and this is the third part. But it, it all started from that uh, that one article that was kind of talking about this comparison between the complexity of coffee and wine. Mm. Um, that was in I don't remember what I've said. That was I probably should because we talked about it. <laughs> but anyways, they had come to the conclusion that uh, you know complexity was fairly even. But um, I'm of course. Bias towards the coffee and I don't know as much about wine, but I do know that the preparation of coffee as we're talking about it is is vastly more complicated than the preparation of wine.
1: Yeah, I'm Uh, not a sommelier by any means, but I do have a small wine collection at home. So I I do buy bottles of wine and I just don't drink them. And usually my... I've found that for me, wine is easier to taste because Mm -hmm. it's... The process that goes into creating wine creates a liquid that is denser by parts per million than coffee, generally. And on top of that, the flavors tend to be more well-defined and vibrant, where a coffee palette, I feel like, takes time to develop. Yeah, it's a narrower spectrum. There, there might be more flavor be... compounds, right.
3: but they're on a narrower right. spectrum. and
1: coffee tends to produce way more carbon dioxide and nitrogen than wine does in the process and so and those are two particular uh, elements that are flavor inhibitors Um, they block our they block our ability to taste and there is more of that in coffee than there is in wine and so that reason alone is one of the biggest challenges for any coffee professional is knowing that you're getting into a product that is also almost sabotaging itself. And so mm-hmm. that's why these methods that we're constantly playing around with and constantly experimenting are so important because right. you just jump into it. You don't know what's going on. Right. And that's the thing when you
3: get to brewing too is mm-hmm. it's so much more dynamic. Like you said prepping, you know, a glass of wine is a lot less than has a lot less to it than pouring doing well, a pour over with the chemics. And simply just,
2: but, just replicating, like you go to a wine tasting and you taste some wine.
3: Right. Well, okay,
2: buy the bottle, go home, pour a glass, and you're going to have pretty much the same experience. Right. But you go and have a fantastic coffee at a cafe. Right. Unless you, like, really know what you're doing, right. you're probably not, honestly not going to be able to replicate that right. experience.
1: You can go back there the next day and there's another barista or another yeah, method. change for Grind day day, is yeah. off or... Just your preference right, and tasting, and the
3: coffee changes, mm-hmm. um, and the weather. Change. I mean, so the timing—that's the other thing with coffee—is that the timeline is much more compact as mm-hmm. far as how these changes oh, happen yeah. than wine. You know, so something that's three days out versus four or five or right, ten days out. Right. You know, so all of a sudden you go on vacation for a week and you come back and your coffee's three weeks old. It's going to be a completely different cup of coffee than when you left. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and it's I, going to I, brew uh, differently. I mean, it's going to you know degas differently. It's going to take. I don't I still think I've it.
1: ever had a
3: source mm-hmm. of coffee ever
1: last three weeks. Yeah, I still have I still have the Yemen. So so Jesse
2: gave me a bag of Yemen that at this point
3: is it's from our competition. So the
2: competition oh, was October twenty third. So yeah. amazing, and it was
3: roasted for two weeks okay, on so that it's one. It's so three it's months f- old. And second week of October.
2: It is still delicious, but it changes. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. I, I remember I texted you a couple weeks ago, and I was like, uh, in in the bloom, it smelled like a freaking bowl of Skittles. Oh like, wow! That, not even exaggerating, like bowl of yeah, Skittles. Yeah, yeah, like two bloom. months old. Right, <laughs> and oh. tasting it, it was it was so delicious. And now it's it's a different aroma, but it's still delicious. Right. Just the you texted me; the, it was
3: like just a cinnamon bomb or something like that, yeah. right? Like just yeah. pumpkin spice, and um, like a
2: glitter
3: bomb. I don't bomb. think every
2: coffee is gonna do that after three months, but
3: no. And that's the quality of the green coffee. I mean, that's that yeah. complexity that we've talked about in the previous episodes of just and and the uniqueness of, of right. the the variety, the origin. There is just different,
2: unknown, really, and right. Um. so from a from a kind of a practical perspective uh, from a consumer's perspective can we look at like the different types of roast and how how that affects like complexity and brewing yeah I think the biggest
3: thing to consider when you're brewing coffee for anybody but if you're coming at it in the most simplest terms is that a lighter roasted coffee is going to be less water soluble they're going to be denser beans and a darker roast is going to be more water soluble and so that's you know, how how the coffee absorbs it and how quickly really determines how it's going to brew. So if you have something that's more water soluble in a darker roast, medium or darker roast, then that water is you know you're gonna it's going to interact with the with the coffee and the cellulose quicker and it's going to extract that coffee quicker. So you don't need as fine of a grind necessarily. You don't need as much time. You know, and those kind of dynamics you can change. So if you go and you're struggling with your chemics because you're discovering new light coffees and you go pick up a bag at Neptune, and you're trying to figure out why your chemex recipe doesn't work it's just because that coffee's lighter and you might have to either um, mm-hmm. you know tighten up the grind a little bit or put you know the different uh, uh, flow rate brew rate what what about in
2: terms of like we're talking about this uh this uh, nakise here in the yemen which have wide varieties of different experiences you can get from it like how how does how does a, a light roast versus a dark roast versus you know, different origins, uh, how, do, how do those play into like, the types of or the amount of complexity that someone can discover in their own cup of
3: coffee at home? That is a... It's exactly what you said. Right. It it, it plays a role. It it, plays a role. Right. I mean, that's the thing. And and you get a coffee and you wake up and you want... You're craving a flavor just like you'd crave some pastry or something like that. You know? And there's certain coffees and flavors in there. Um, This conga, this this Ethiopian, I've been craving that. Half
1: of what we do really revolves around the cupping to kind of give us a base of what we're going into. Right. You know? And um, there are... There's kind of this half and half concept of we know what flavors we're getting into and we know what flavors that we can create but then there's also this part where we don't there are some parts of the bean we don't know about Mm -hmm. and we don't know precisely what flavor will come out of it. Mm -hmm. Um, For example, you roast a bean heavy enough they'll all taste the same. Right. I mean... (laughs) Because you're tasting burned sugars, you're tasting tasting burned dextrose. And you're removing... Through that cooking process, through that cooking process, the complexity (laughs) gets... Smaller and smaller in the window because you have different elements of the bean being cooked right. out But it's more forgivable right. in
3: brewing as far as being able to come up with the total dissolved salad Right. S- salads. Total, <laughs> total dissolved salads.
1: Salads. Salad. Okay, no, That'll be another April Fool's thing. We'll <laughs> What's dissolved the TDS in this? I don't right. know, ranch. <laughs> Can you draw that please? Yes. We're just going to be looking through an Electron Microsoft to see a Ranch Valley bottle. <laughs> like, no way, way. <laughs> Changing the game. But um, especially one of the reasons why light roasts have taken such a prominence and such a trend is that it really is, in, the, it, in my humble opinion, it really is kind of this big, huge Western frontier for coffee professionals. Uh, lighter roasted coffees are not as old as other recipes or other roasting profiles that have developed in this industry over the years. And so now it's almost like this huge undiscovered country over the last 10 years in particular right The people are like, Especially for the vast majority right. of people what, in America. Was a, there was a time where people would experiment a little bit with light roast. but overall, uh, sweet and vibrant flavors were almost considered a defect because the majority of the industry was just so prone to chocolate and earth tones. Right. And, well, and when you're you brewing know. it in big batches mm-hmm. or you're pre-grinding it and
3: right. shoving it into cans, that light roast and those dynamics are lost. Right. Well, a lot also,
2: I think that... Uh, I mean, it's pretty apparent that the uh, growing and processing, like the efforts put into there, mm-hmm. have a huge, much more noticeable impact. Of course, oh, on lighter roasted coffee, right? And the fact that those things, uh, in a broad scale, are improving around
1: the world. Oh yes,
3: right. Absolutely. Well, that's the thing too—the quality too. So, roasting yeah. light roast like this Nikese is very laborsome for mm-hmm. us to roast. We have to. I mean, it's expensive, so we're very concerned about it. But right. you're on it every thirty seconds. There's little fluctuations in there. Right. There's a lot of stuff to pay attention to. When it's real cold and breezy outside that it changes the airflow mm-hmm. as we're roasting it. Um, whereas, you know, so a light roast with this kind of coffee really takes a lot of effort to stay up on it. Whereas you have a dark roast and you're just trying to get to that, that right. area at the end, I mean you I'm trying to get to the bus stop. Right. <laughs> you know, you don't there's not as much that goes into it. So labor wise and, and BTU savings and things like that, you know, for these big companies over the last decades, they've saved a lot of money by not Paying attention to Absolutely. light roasts and those little dynamics. Um, so it's what, these artisan roasters right. like ourselves and everybody
1: and one else. One of the that's beautiful things, uh, getting back to the farming, is that the coffee industry, as far as an agricultural uh, field goes, did field agriculture? <laughs> no, um, I don't know. We're
3: going to have to have a row about this one.
1: It is one of the few industries that is in the process of constantly updating itself, reviewing itself, and reinventing itself. Uh, There is no, especially when it comes to farming, we live in a day and age where agriculture is really hit and miss on so many levels. Uh, Livestock agriculture, for example, I mean, water treatment hasn't been updated in over 60 years. Where we look at water treatment on a coffee farming level, you know we're starting to see regions starting to develop really efficient water treatment facilities and you know which is yeah. giving them second class world status that is amazing you know not only is it better for their environment but it's also just better. well for and their but we're seeing that trend with agriculture
3: here too mm-hmm. these small farmers that are taking you know they're coming back yeah. to the land they're eager to start producing right. food and they're doing better with food and they're taking better care of the land it's right. more hands-on And the quality is phenomenal, what's coming out of this. Oh, yeah. You know, and the same thing with coffee. And now that we have, like, uh, Third Wave Coffee Source and the Sonora Farms, these groups that we're working with, I mean, they're younger generation, fourth or fifth generation kids that have been educated and seen what's going on in America and and Europe. And they're coming back to the traditional farms and saying, you know, hey, Dad, let's try this. Right. You know, and they're producing small little lots of beans that are, like, experimenting, you know, (laughs) taking the same beans. Right. Most of them are washed. Some of them are still dried. It's you know, natural process, right. and we'll combine them together. So, you know, our next coffee, I think, is 30% natural, I think oh, is what wow. he said. Nice. Um, anyway, mm-hmm. so it's he messing with these ratios yeah. and how we process them. So then all that just lays into the cup, right. and then, you know, it's, that's a... It's,
1: like, it's, it's crazy because all this stuff ties into a future where we're not going to be able to quantify or define ultimately what flavors are going to come in our way and so what's amazing about this is that coffee it really is just will always be this crazy age of discovery for anybody whether you you're in the field as a roaster or a cupping you know cup taster or just the person at home who just your eye caught that one nice label that said the right words and you're curious about the way they describe their coffee tasting you take it home to see for yourself it's always going to be this wonderful, beautiful, you know, exploration exactly.
2: until uh, environmental change destroys it all.
1: Oh well, yeah, of course, absolutely. but that's true for everything. That's <laughs> global warming. Um, I think. Yeah, I but think. But the as, nice thing is, is that the species that replaces all of you, I will warn them and guide them on what mistakes you guys all made.
3: And you're gonna give them all your beard.
1: Yeah. Why so, you. Because i Ancient, and I've lived past what three different species now?
2: Okay, oh only, only three. Right.
1: Only three. <laughs> only oh, that's three. when I landed here. <laughs> I was like, no, no. <laughs>
3: that's terrible. I think for consumers, the most important thing to consider for complexity Shock, is is yes. really is really just that there's you know thousands and thousands of different options when it comes to lighter roasts and single origins, mm-hmm. and that that is the complexity. You know, the complexity is I mean there's there's science and everything goes into the cup itself and different brewing methods, but then the real complexity that consumers can have fun with is trying the different coffees for different mm-hmm. roasters, and the different personalities and the farms and the regions, you know, oh, yeah. and to owning it. You know, that's the biggest change, especially in Seattle I think, is is just roasters owning the fact that coffee changes. It's dynamic oh, yeah. all the time. It's very, very complex. <laughs>
0: You've been listening to Coffee Lovers Radio. Please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Support the producers. Check out Coffee Lovers Magazine at coffeeloversmag.com and download our app. Also, get yourself some fantastic coffee from Conduit Coffee at conduitcoffee.com. Stay tuned soon for some shorter update shows that we will be publishing on the fly in the next couple weeks.
3: (laughs) ¶¶